welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. On today's show, we're talking about overrated woodworking tools, techniques, or materials. But before we get to all that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is supported by Festool, helping woodworkers get better results in less time and with less mess to clean up afterwards. Visit them online at festoolusa.com. Okay, so today's topic that we're going to cover comes from an email that we received from David, and I thought it was very interesting. It might be fun, maybe a little uh, controversial. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, David asked, well, he says, the question is, are dovetails the bicep curls of the woodworking world? I don't know what he's talking about. I've never done one of those in my life, so. Come on, girly man, do some dovetails. (laughs) Bump you up. Okay, the bicep curl is that exercise that every teenage boy and some not so young thinks is the key to becoming the strongest and most ripped man in the world. But in reality, outside of professional bodybuilders, it's an exercise that is largely irrelevant and has very little carryover to functional strength. You could easily spend your entire life as an athlete, fitness junkie, never needing to do them. There are so many articles, blog posts, and videos around on getting the perfect dovetail. And you often hear the comment, you're not a real woodworker until you can dovetail. That, that See, was, that's when the bicep curls are huge because then you can smack that Punch person. them in the face, right? <laughs> Squeeze their head between your uh, giant bicep. And <laughs> there your you arm. go. Uh, has the dovetail become so overhyped that it far exceeds its place in woodworking? The dovetail is a strong and useful joint for casework, but there are other options such as basic rabbits, lock rabbits, and mortise and tenon joints, etc. that would also work well. And even then, perfectly dovetailing two boards together won't help you build a case if you can't make repeatable cuts for each of the case sides. So he wants to know what other tools or techniques do you think that, while useful, uh, they have a reputation that far exceeds their practical use for woodworkers? Mm. Interesting stuff, right? So I posed this question to the guys, and we each decided to try to come up with two things. And we don't know what each of the other two are going to say. So hopefully we don't have repeats <laughs> between us. Hopefully no one <laughs> says my, my podcast. Um, well, I was going to say online woodworking, but I figured that defeated the purpose of I the thought, show. I thought about that too. That's so funny. Um, I was going to say homemade lathes, but I thought that <laughs> oh, wouldn't go over well. Definitely. Okay, ready? So along that lines, I'll go first. Let's just each take one at a time. You ready for this? This is where I think the controversy might come in. Um, okay. Overrated. I think workbenches are overrated. Ooh, I'm going like to hang it. up now. All right. So I like it. The end. It's funny you say that because on my car ride in, I was trying to come up with like more than two just in case we ran into these things. And that was one that was on my list. Oh, really? That's okay. what's so crazy is I didn't think of that. And now that you say it, I'm like, totally. That yeah. Complete agreement. Okay. So here's my logic. All right. Workbenches. Yes. Very critical. Very important. But ultimately, a workbench doesn't need to be really anything more than a slab of wood on some sawhorses. Um, there are people who get some amazing work done with little, uh, what do you call those things? The little folding Stanley, whatever workmate w- workmates. Yes. Yeah. Portamate workmate things. All right. So it just needs to hold the work for the most part and hopefully doesn't move as you're using it. And you can do that a lot of different ways. So even just, you know, plywood workbenches, solid core door, uh, workbenches. Th- there are so many things you can do that aren't the split top rubo 
the, the whatever the latest fad is in woodworking benches with thousand dollar vices on them. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm saying this as part of the problem. <laughs> one of my best selling, <laughs> one of my best selling projects uh, hello, in the guild. Pot, it's kettle. You're black. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, my best, one of my best selling projects in the guild is that split top Rubo workbench. And I own one myself. Loved it. Great project. But ultimately I think it's a completely overrated element of, of today's modern online, at least because that's what my experience is, uh, woodworking world. Totally. Yeah. I actually have, um, outright told hand tool school people that don't worry about the workbench. Like don't, don't make that your first project because that's what so many people think. Oh, this is going to be the perfect first project. I'll build skills. And what it ends up being is just a slog, you know, because it's, it's a big thing and there's so much stuff out there on how to make it right. And they get so obsessed over it. And in the end, you know, a good bench hook can do wonders mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know bench hook in the dining room table it works just great right that's awesome good one mark thank you thank you all right shannon uh, you do one um well since uh um what's his name the guy that wrote in and started this whole thing david I forgot his name david thank you since david got us started on there i'm gonna say the dovetail saw <laughs> is uh has a it, it's i mean maybe it's because the fact that I think we are all in agreement that dovetails themselves are a little bit overrated, but Mm -hmm. um, you can cut dovetails with any number of saws. You don't have to have a dovetail saw. And in fact, what I find is I am only using my dovetail saw for dovetails. Um, It doesn't, because it's so small and because it's so fine, it has very little efficient use anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, The blade is too short and the pitch is just way too fine. It becomes a pain in the butt to sharpen. And uh, I, I, yeah, I've been finding myself using a carcass saw and even using a tenon saw sometimes to cut dovetails, especially dovetails that are for like a case mm-hmm. and not small drawer side dovetails. Um, yeah, the dovetail saw itself, there's so much gone into it and just about every boutique manufacturer makes one and they offer all kinds of bling and cool stuff to it and different features and and yeah, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. Well, it do you think more dust? Do you think this is uh, really the result of the overhyped dovetail in the first place? That's why they're catering to that audience by making all yeah. these like you oh, have oh, to totally. have this. I think one, <laughs> one begets the other, and yeah. you know, I think because it's smaller and because there's fewer materials, a lot of these guys can pimp it out a little bit more um, and add those extra features, and you know, without driving the price tag up too much because you're not having a huge plate to it but sure. yeah th- that's just one because again i'm getting questions all the time about okay i know i need to get a dovetail saw uh, but what other saws do i need to get and i'm like whoa whoa whoa! do you have a dovetail saw yet no don't get one <laughs> right. people are like what what do you mean don't get a dovetail don't i need saw? one yeah. <laughs> yeah. cool i like that one nice all right how about you matt what, what do you got the first thing on my list is a uh one of those lock miter joint bits those things to me are just like whoever invented that had to come up with this thing and just be like i really want to mess with the woodworking world it (laughs) it looks really really neat but for the steep learning curve to try and set it up and i still don't really know anybody except for maybe the manufacturer of the lock miter joint bit who really honestly can get it set up in a short period of time and get useful results from it uh, to me, that is just like the torture device of the woodworking world. You I, know, mean, I even I, bought one of those little setup blocks that the manufacturer really? made, and it still didn't work. <laughs> it was yeah, still off. 
I just got an email recently from the guy from Valfor Tools, like one of those small, um, very small tool companies. Um, he, he makes this thing called Groove Center and something or other. Like it, it basically, if you go to um, Paul Marcel's site, Half and Shy, it uh-huh. is the, oh, what is it, November 15th post. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is a setup jig for lock miter bits that's supposed to really take all of the guesswork out of it. <laughs> I, I just e- even with it there's just so many other options out there for if you do want to say uh do a, a miter on a, a carcass uh yeah. say whatever large body you're gonna do maybe for a drawer or something a dresser uh chest of drawers or something and you you want that miter on there there's so many other ways to reinforce that that large miter that to me is just like one of those, by the time I think you could get that thing set up, including whatever jig they have, and then run it through the router, I probably could have made my miter and then came back in with a biscuit or got on a plane, visited Mark to borrow his domino to come back to my shop and then do it. <laughs> right, right. All right. I hope I'm right with that whole thing. I'm not sure, but I haven't seen the actual video. Anyway, if I'm wrong, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, who's next? Me? Yes, it's sure. back to you. All right. I'm torn here, and I don't know if I should bother mentioning both of them, but I think – let me go with the one that's a little more interesting to talk about, uh, and then I can tell you what the other one was. All right. I'm going to say and, – and this is really my humidor project that has me thinking this way – that solid wood is overrated. <laughs> Hmm. I'm swinging for the fences now. <laughs> I have found that press board is the new fad. Um, yes, I, I agree. I think I think Mark much prefers yarn trader. Yeah. All right, here, here's my logic. And what, what I mean by this is we, as woodworkers, of course, place a ton of value in solid wood and have this uh, sort of natural aversion to to anything that is like a man-made wood product. So, um, you know, plywood, MDF, things like that. But having done some veneering and just kind of being in that world for a little while, there are so many great things that we can do with veneer. And although on this project, I did happen to use solid wood as the substrate. Most of the time, you're not going to do that. And you really do need a very stable core to be able to pull off this whole veneering thing and make it a long-term viable product. And some of the stuff that you can make with this Really, and just in today's market, we just don't have access to woods like that. Like, did you guys see the the picture that I posted recently of the humidor lid? Yeah, it's the, gorgeous. That, that I book. hate you. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, would I ever be able to do that in solid wood? It's like that. That's not even on the table for me. Right. So it it opens up doors that I think a lot of people dismiss because oh, that's a plywood project or that's veneer. Well, I can make some things that that are way cooler than I could ever make out of solid wood. So so. Yeah, I I kind of question my own <laughs> including this in here. It's kind of uh, you know fringe, but ultimately I do think solid wood is a little overrated because we don't give plywood its fair shake. Well, you know, sure. uh, Shannon, you just showed something the other day where uh, I think a lot of people, when they think of man-made sheet goods, of course they're thinking you can only use power tools to cut those things. When oh, right. in fact. You could easily use uh, hand tools depending on what it is or what you're willing to sacrifice, depending on what type of core it has or something. Sure. Yeah, it planes pretty well, actually. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, with the <clears throat> really, really thin uh, face veneers, you've got to be pretty careful. <laughs> Not going to get very far. a smoothing plane <laughs> there. And certainly, um, you know, you think about planing in grain on a board uh, with a hand plane, and it, it 
it sucks, you know? I mean, forget about getting a sharp blade and everything. That's all nice and everything. But the spelching and all the, you know, the splitting out on the ends and things, that mm-hmm. doesn't happen in plywood. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. kind of funny how that works. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm challenging your brains today. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> all right, Shannon, <laughs> you're up. Well, um, I, you know, I keep, I keep going back. I, I was really trying to think about techniques here. Um, and it's just so funny because everything keeps coming back to the dovetail. Cause no matter what I, what I think about, you know, you could pick some really obscure joint and say that's overrated. And it's like, well, yeah, it's cause I never use it. But, uh, so I keep coming back to tools and, uh, keeping in the hand tool theme. Um, I gotta say the joiner plane. I think it's, it's okay. for most of the furniture projects that we build. I don't need a plane that long in order mm-hmm. to make it flat. Yeah. Um, I think that a plane that is going to be longer than half the length of my board is plenty sufficient. And an 18-inch jack plane actually does just a great job. And I find that it's easier to handle, easier to control, because there's not quite so much uh, steel or wood or whatever moving about there. Mm -hmm. And um, I have just found myself more and more and more leaving the the, uh, joiner plane in the tool cabinet and using the jack plane a lot more. Cool. That's good go. news. That's good news. I think because as people are trying to amass their tool collection, that, that, you know, the jack plane, if you can actually do more jobs with that as it's intended and get good right. results with it, then great. That's just, well, and if you think about it, the joiner plane, like any of the forums where you talk about, well, what planes do I need to get first? It's generally in the top three. Yeah. Right. And, and, and why? You know, it's just, unless you're building beds all day long <laughs> um, and, and, and then you say, okay, well, what about tabletops? Well, how flat does the tabletop have to be? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's getting into another, <laughs> that's another topic altogether. <laughs> that's but. another single topic show. <laughs> right. Um, all right, Matt, how about you? Well, you know, I, I had a couple more things on here that were, were tool related, but I'm going to go with, with um, one that I was really kicking around. I, I imagine this could could bring up a little a little controversy, but I think the mortise and tenon is actually way overrated. I, it's a it's a great joint. It, it's what? it's a boo. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get some email. Well, this one. Let me try. No let me try and explain myself. Here comes gentlemen. the here comes the kickback, Mister Vanderlist. <laughs> well, my whole reason for it is okay. Sure, yes, it's it's a foundation joint. There are times when it for sure is gonna probably be the joinery that you absolutely want for uh, the strength that it can bring. But again, with uh, tools, say like the domino or uh, any sort of like some of the mechanical fasteners, including as far as I'm concerned, a properly used pocket hole joint. You um, got to say pocket screws, Matt. There you go. <laughs> pocket screws. Yeah. And then uh, you, you put in like, you know, biscuits or something like that or a spline or things. Uh, not so much a spline, but uh, even like a, a floating tenon all of these things. There's just so many other options other than sweating over getting the, you know, mortise and tenon properly in place, especially hand cut mortise and tenons. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, you could easily set up a router and do floating tenons. Again, there's just so many options that have come out because of the fact that you're trying to come up with something similar to a mortise and tenon without doing a mortise and tenon because, I really don't think you need it as often as you think you need it. Well, when you look at those strength tests, uh, I know Fine Woodworking has done them in the past, and you look at the difference between the various types of things, and and in when you actually are trying to figure out, okay, how much like 
belt and suspenders, let's get as much strength as we can. But ultimately, if you're really trying to be practical, you'd find a thing that has just the right amount of support that you need. And some of those, you know, lesser methods, I guess you could say, some of those actually would be adequate for the projects that we're making. But people think, oh, I have to have the mortise and tendon in there because I'm a woodworker and that's what woodworkers do. So I I can see some of the logic behind that. Yeah, you know, and oftentimes it does come down to maybe even the design itself. You know, if, if you're relying solely on that because perhaps you don't want a whole bunch of, of other things in the way, sure, let's go with that. But if there's another way to, say, create the joinery where you've got something else adding almost like as a, acting as like a, a backup support, mm-hmm. you know, you could maybe go for something not as mortise and tenony. <laughs> right. Cool. See, I'm just waiting for some music to roll and somebody to say, this show brought to you by Craig, <laughs> the makers of pocket hole joinery. Well, you know, now that you say that, I've got my Craig K5 sitting right next to me. In fact, I'm moving the handle up and down right now as we're talking. We're going to find out next week that Matt's got a Craig sponsorship. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it on the show and it'll have like a big banner right behind me next to the saw stop. <laughs> he's, wor- he's working it. That's all right. Do your thing, Matt. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get all these banners out of the way so I can see you. Welcome to today's show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. It's a short one today. But um, hey, did you know you could leave us an iTunes review? If you want to, you can go to what? iTunes. Yeah, I'm serious. And click on ratings and reviews. If you find our show, Wood Talk there. Uh, you can ask Matt what it's like to be sponsored by Craig. It, it, it's um, I've got nothing for it because it's really awesome. Yeah. I do love Craig, but this sticker is dangerous. <laughs> I've got something in my pocket. <laughs> right. And also, if you want to leave us uh, some sort of a recurring donation or one-time donation, we always appreciate that kind of support. Go to woodtalkshow.com, look in the left-hand column, and you'll see some links there, and you could do just that. And uh, I guess we should just give them the contact info and get out of here. All right, well, let's do that. If you have a comment, a question, or a topic suggestion, just like what you we were talking about today, you have several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Preferably, it won't be your doctor's appointment because we don't have your contact information to uh, help you out, as somebody did a few episodes, several episodes, <laughs> whenever that episode was. Yeah. Uh, I hope you got to his appointment on time. Hey, you can email us at WoodTalkOnline at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our WoodTalk Facebook page. And if you're ever looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, check them out over at WoodTalkShow.com. All right. And hey, you heard it here first. We give you permission to burn your workbench, throw out your joiner plane, and never make a mortise and tenon again. That's right. Uh, yes. Providing a public service here at Wood Talk. Doing it all for you folks. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. See, See you guys. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.